TikTok. Um, and Instagram as well, right? TikTok. Um, and Instagram as well, right? Same handle? Yes, yes. So I'm C from Modestly C. Um, I live in New York and I am a married woman now as of late. So I'm here to talk with you about relationships, I guess. Yeah, I'm super excited because I first, I think I came across your content on Instagram. I think we met on Clubhouse. And then on TikTok, you yes. seem to get a lot of growth. I think probably this year, I don't know when you started. I'm going to ask you about your TikTok journey. But yeah, a lot of you were getting a lot of engagement from uh, a lot of people, a lot of comments. And it felt you were very personable. Um, I really liked your content. And I was like, obviously, we're doing the Amelie matchmaking app. And we try and relate to our audience as well. And I thought you were someone who was well-spoken and a perfect person to get on um, yeah. to talk about, you know, relationships and just life in general and in social media. So I want to kick off with, so what's going on with TikTok? So how did you get started with that? And you, you, I think you have 60K followers now? I do. I have 61.9 to be exact. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we have to be technical <laughs> there. Um, honestly, so I was not a hijabi. I didn't wear the hijab until about um, a year and a half ago. Okay. I put it on, did a total content reset, quite obviously. And... Um, I don't know. I randomly started making videos on TikTok and I started getting closer to the Dean. And then I posted a video that went viral for all of the wrong reasons. Oh, um, <laughs> many of them. There was OK, there was a knit dress okay. that a lot of girls were buying and wearing. OK. And I bought it and wore it. Yeah. And on my body type, it was just not it just wasn't the same, you know, and it okay. wasn't what it should have been. And I guess I kind of realized that we're very quick to follow trends and we're very, mm. we're very quick to watch certain body types and then assume that because it looks okay there, it would be modest on everyone. Oh. So it upset a lot of people. And then oh, no. it just kept going from there. But, you know, <laughs> they started with controversy. It's funny because <laughs> yes. um, social media, weirdly enough, controversy does get a lot of attention, right? Yes. Um, I've done so many educational TikToks. Like, I've been sat there, like, talking about the most boring stuff about sleep, being, you know, a sleep doctor. And I won't get much engagement. I did one on my wife being uh, Indian, but Pashtun. And Pashtun is like an Afghan yes. tribe. And it went viral. And people were like, no, you can't be Afghan, but Indian. We're different. And it was crazy. And I got yes. so many views and followers. And I was like, this is insane. This is what it takes. I saw that video. And I thought it was so funny to me because that's like saying that someone can't be Afghan but Balochi or you yeah. can't be Pakistani and Balochi or you can't be Omani but you can. All of these things can be the same. Oh, I'm, I'm impressed. You know about Balochi. <laughs> no. Yeah. Oh, yes. How's yes. your knowledge so good about the Middle East and the regions? Well, um, it's fairly good. I'm, I'm familiar with Balochis because of Oman, you know, um, most okay. of, yeah. uh, actually Bahrain as well. A lot of the royal family are Balochi. Yes. Oh, the royal family of Balochi. I didn't know yes. that. Yeah, because Balochis are a big ethnic group in Pakistan, yes. obviously. 50% of our landmass um, and Iran as yes. well. Um, and I knew about them in Oman, obviously, but I didn't know many people knew that they yeah. existed. So uh, that's uh, yes. impressive. Um, so back to your TikTok. So, okay, so you blew up, you know, um, with this, I guess, dress TikTok. And then you did a lot of other content where, you know, you talk quite, you seem very natural when, you, when you're speaking to your followers. You engage them quite well. It seems like, you know, I, social media, it can be a lot of, you know, fakeness, for example, yeah. right? You're pretty real with them. 
what do you think brings that out how do you think about content is it just you kind of vlogging or do you actually like content before doing it how do you go about it it just is as it comes so someone may i have a snapchat that's girls only and sometimes they will okay. come to me with like hey can you do a video on this um i have a lot of very close friends around me who do the same thing but sometimes it's just a topic that i'll see someone talking about and the knowledge that they're giving isn't correct and i don't want to call that person out but i'm i love to learn and i I've, I've really been able to experience a lot of different things yeah. within my lifetime and and you know fortunately but unfortunately have a lot of experience that can be used to talk about these things and so if i scroll past a video and someone's talking about for example you can't be indian and pashtun you know that within yeah. three days I would make a video about it. I wouldn't address them, but I would give you all the facts. Um, who is that? Who is that TikToker? There's a TikToker from Pakistan who always says the "Hello, my friends," oh. and then like, "Oh, that guy Pahari Koh. Yeah, he's like, Hello. yes, <laughs> he's I like, love yeah. him. So just like him. So if I see something, I'll be like." Okay, I'm gonna make a video about this, but not today because then it's obvious that it's about this person. And <laughs> yeah. um, so I kind of just source from whatever I see someone else doing, and I'm like, hmm, that's not wrong. Or I want to give like more information about it. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's a brilliant way to go about it because I, I wish you'd done it at that time. Because I didn't reply. I I was like half replying to some of the comments, and I was like dodging the other ones, and then I just kind of moved on to like wedding content. <laughs> I just like. <laughs> completely moved on uh maybe i should have addressed a few maybe i should go back and do what, what you do um but talking about you know content um i know like tiktok the growth is like insane sometimes with certain videos and stuff and when did you how long has it been since you've been in these tiktok videos or since your viral one my first viral video was probably January of 2022. So we're about a month, uh, a year and three months into okay. it. Um, I've been making videos before that, but when in terms of okay. getting traction, now TikTok yeah. is insane because the videos you think are going to do very well do nothing. And then the yeah. videos that you don't expect to do, they're just whatever. They do very, very well. There's no rhyme yeah. or reason for its algorithm. So mm -hmm. it's hard to plan for yeah, because that's viral like, yeah. content. Okay, because that's a year of content. I mean, you've gone to sixty, sixty point, sixty-one point nine. In um, that's very quick. Um, and so you think it resonate with certain people, but the algorithm pushes like certain content. Um, what do you think about SEO? Yeah. Yes. So people have been talking about SEO a lot, especially because of Instagram and the constant algorithm changes. So um, you know, TikTok certain hashtags will help you and that's you know we know that but at the same time it could just be the time of the day yeah the format of your video how long it is how short it is so i've heard seo is being integrated into tiktok but i myself haven't seen that when i've experimented with that um, but I have seen it on Instagram, so I'm not sure. I can't keep up with app-to-app -app changes. I just keep posting content as I feel fit, and if it doesn't work, it doesn't work, and it is what it is. Yeah, I love that, actually, because I think thinking about it too much just is so hard. I mean, YouTube Shorts is launched, and I was thinking of starting on there because they're trying to verify health professionals. <laughs> I was like, maybe that's where I can have a, have a blue tick at last. So um, that's actually really interesting, and... 
I guess, I mean, with TikTok, the ability for things to go, um, the th ability for things to go viral, um, I think that's what attracts people because everyone has a chance, right? You don't have to be a celebrity to get a huge following always. Whereas on some yeah. other platforms, it's always the celebrities who have the massive followings. On TikTok, you see, you know, regular people and they can amass followings, which is really interesting. Um, so moving on from that, there is one TikTok video I think I came across where you talk about, can you still hear me? Yeah. One second, one second. No worries. No yeah, second. I can hear you. I did it. Yeah. Cool. The, the groceries are coming. Arabs and Persians and, and all of this, there's a lot of, um, you know, when it comes to marriage, can be tricky, to say the least, right? And then yes. it comes to sects, and we know it's always Shia, Sunni, and then there's a lot of different sects amongst that as well. Yeah. So you going from, I guess, being Shia to Sunni, how was that and how did that come about and how have people reacted to that? Because I see a lot of comments on your TikToks about that all the time. They do. So people, it's very controversial. We all know this, um, but it's a little more intricate than that because I'm, I'm Syrian. I'm Syrian, Lebanese and Kazakh. My father was fully Syrian. My mom was half Kazakh. Oh, half Kazakh Lebanese. as well. Yeah. Oh, no way. So, Central Asian in there. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> So I'm three quarters of an Arab and then a quarter Central Asian, um, but I'm mostly Syrian. If you ask me what I am, I'm Syrian. Okay. Um, but within Syria, there are different groups. So, for example, my father was Alawit, and Alawites are, by the government, considered Shia, but by most Shias, they're not. Alawites are also an ethno-religion similar to Judaism, so it gets very complicated. Um, my mother and my father split when I was younger and then my biological father passed away and my mother remarried and she married a 12er which is a Shia so I yeah. from the time I was five grew up as a Shia you know um and I don't know I guess I had a lot of life changes some big events in my life that made me question a lot and about four and a half years ago I I kind of left Islam for a little bit. Um, not that I left, but I was just very confused. And I had a hard time feeling like I was practicing the right way. And I explored other things. And then I realized, no, Islam is the place for me. It's just that maybe the practices that I learned were not the right practices for me. And yeah. I, I can't explain that in like a five minute, you know, synopsis. However, yeah, so I ended up... a lot of uh, introspection, a lot of a lot of introspection yeah. thinking that must have gone on that's impossible to explain in, you know, a bite-sized yes. piece. But yeah, I think I'm following, okay? So you had this change, and then? And yeah, about four and a half years ago, I, I, I started speaking more with, like, my Sunni friends and comparing, essentially, belief to belief and hadith to hadith and Quran and what we were doing and what they do. And I realized that what resonated and what made me feel closer to Allah was being within Sunni Islam for various reasons. And if I go through those, it will create massive controversy that I don't want to deal with. So we're going to keep those to myself. We don't want a TikTok um, viral. <laughs> not for this. Um, but, you know, and since then, I've continued to learn as much as I can. And... Like, I feel, alhamdulillah, I feel much closer to my dean now. And I don't think that either one is right or wrong. To be honest, like, if I had had my way and I had the ability to learn more, I would have probably not been Sunni or Shia. I would have gone with Ibadis, if you know about them. Um, but it's hard to learn those beliefs 
thoroughly enough to be certain. So I went with the choice that made the most sense that I had the most yes, access I, I, to learn about at that time. Hmm. Okay, I mean, that's fair. And that's a really interesting, um, obviously, change. It's good to hear you so um, open to learning as well. Because I've talked to people who, you know, um, I don't know if you know Baba Ali. Um, he is someone I kind of got to know in Clubhouse. And he was Iranian. And he talks about how he became almost, he was agnostic. He wasn't really a believer in religion. And, you know, his family was Shia. And um, he didn't believe he was almost atheist. Um, and then he just came to Islam again and became a Sunni. And his kind of reflection on that was super interesting. So it's interesting to see how people who reflect, because some of us just go through life just believing what our parents yeah. believe, right? And I think it, I think as a human, when you question your beliefs and you come to whatever belief it is yourself, I think that's when it means more to you rather than just blindly following whatever you're taught. So I think that's a really interesting journey. I think you should talk about it more on TikTok as well. I think, I know it's controversial, but I think, I know I find it interesting. I think others would as well. So talking about interesting, I think the main crux of it, I wanted to ask about relationships. Okay. Because as you know, co-founded <laughs> Amelie, a matchmaking app. And we've been in this conundrum. How do we get people married? It's funny because we, when me and my co-founder founded this app, I was single, he was single. Now we're both married. Um, I met my wife on Clubhouse, which is funny. I'm <laughs> not on my app because we made a decision that we can't be on the app. I often get asked, did you meet her on Emily? You founded Emily. But I didn't because we made sure we went on the app. We felt it was a power dynamic issue if the founders were on their own app. Like people would think we're browsing through like, you know, all the women or something. Yeah. So now I'm married and... I've seen both sides of the relationship side, being single and now married, doing this matchmaking app, getting questions. Um, I don't know if I told you, we did a singles event about uh, three weeks ago and we just had a lot of women turn up and not enough men. And I got so much negative feedback from that. Um, people liked the event, but the ratio of four to one <laughs> of women to men just yeah. meant the event was a bit of a disaster. I did with Sahar, actually. I don't know if you remember Sahar from Clubhouse. Um, no. She was, she's Iranian. She's um, owns this. Yeah, she used to host with me. She has a really, like, therapeutic voice almost. <laughs> That's why she's a really good co-host. Okay. Um, you probably, if you, I think if you, I show your face, you'll probably, you'll probably ring the bell. Um, so, yeah, we did this together. And it was a big learning experience for me. Um, I figured how difficult it is. And I almost felt sorry for women. Because it's so hard to put yourself out there and find good men these days. Cause I literally tried the best to get men to come to this event, but men just weren't willing. They, even with our app, we have so many women, it's 70% women. Can you believe that? Whereas um, like Minder or Salams now, and the others are mostly men. It's something about men wanting to just swipe endlessly and dopamine and all of that. Um, so I wanted to understand like, what, how do you think about relationships? And I mean, I, I know you're pretty private, so um, you know, how did you meet your husband, if you're open with that? Or how do you think someone should meet a partner? You can answer that one. So believe it or not, I actually met my husband on Hinge. Um, which okay, nice. Hinge is, you know, a dating app here. I, I don't know if it's international. Yeah. Um, Hinge is big. But, Hinge is big, yeah. Hinge is yeah, massive. But the the crux of all of that is we've actually seen each other on Minter four years ago, five years ago. Um, oh. But I was still... She I was still Shia at the time. 
Okay. <laughs> so we never matched. And then when we, we ended up seeing each other on Hinge, and at the time I lived in Atlanta when we first saw each other, um, you know, on, on okay. Menzer. And then I moved to New York through the pandemic, and I was on Hinge, a single, nothing to do. You're in a pandemic. You want to meet your partner, but you can't really easily go out and meet somebody. And, mm-hmm. yeah, we... <laughs> We were both planning on deleting the app that day and we ended up seeing each other and he messaged me and was like, what's your favorite podcast? And that's how all of this happened. I hope you said Clubhouse. My, my human <laughs> No, I actually said criminal because I love serial killer things. And like Why do all women things. love that? My wife loves serial killer. She loves that. I mean, I organized the whole Clubhouse show because yep. I was trying to get to know her at the time. And she told me, hey, I love serial killers. I have these psychiatrists. Can they talk about it? I set up a whole show to try and have game. <laughs> that was my approach. Yes. Um, and okay, it so this is a common theme amongst women. <laughs> yes. Very much so. We love watching like crimes. <laughs> oh, God, that's a brilliant story. <laughs> that's a brilliant story. So, Hinge, I mean. <laughs> that's. Um, it's funny because that came up, <laughs> comes up in another couple I met and they were like going on about serial killers. And I was like, my wife can talk to you. <laughs> um, okay. So, I mean, by 20, well, most couples actually, by now the statistics show are meeting online. I think about 50% of people. So you're in line with this. I mean, the statistics show that, and that's why I say to people, because at times, these apps, I know America is different because my wife says it's very normalized in America. But in the UK, yeah. sometimes here, Islam can be a little more conservative and people are scared of being on these apps because they think, oh, what's going to happen? But I'm trying to educate people now because I was never on an app before. But when I realized, actually, why am I constrained to my little geographical location, right? An app enables me to have a wider pool and actually see who I'm compatible with, right? In, in a halal way as well. So it definitely changed my mind shift. And I think a lot of people are scared to venture out and see what else is out there, you know, in terms of ethnicity. So is your husband, I'm get, is he Arab as well? Yes. Yes, he's Arab as well. Yeah. So um, like when we started the app, we had a lot of people, how many Arabs on here, how many Iranians on here. And it was an interesting construct because we were trying to market to all these ethnic groups with different, you know, marketing strategies. And then, a lot of our advisory board was Pakistani, like me and the founder, right? But then some of them, we did. Some of us didn't look Pakistani. So then people were like, "Are they Pakistani? Are they not?" So it was a, it was a funny one. But I realized that in Muslim marriage, there's just so many variables. It's, I mean, height, sect, um, ethnic group, um, social status, geography. A lot of it comes into it, and that's why you know finding someone was super hard. So in terms of relationships, you know, you found your husband, alhamdulillah, um, it's going well. Um, what are your, some, of, some of your thoughts about how you maintain a relationship? Once you find that right person, like what are the keys to kind of making it work? Or getting to know someone as well in the initial stages? I think that making it work is subjective to the couple. Obviously, everybody has different um Everyone will have a different struggle once they get married. You could be perfect before marriage, get married, you live together now, and you are faced with the harsh reality of each other's flaws. That's one thing. I think that if you are able to have a very open and candid discussion about 
what each other's role in the marriage is. Because yes, we know our roles within Islam and all of that, but everybody has a different variation of what they're actually following and what they actually expect. For example, I cook, but my husband does the majority of the cooking because he likes to and he's better, but I can bake better, you know, these things. Yeah. Um, my wife would love uh, that, by the way. <laughs> Yeah. Well, my work schedule is also far different. He owns a business, so he has the freedom to, you know, do whatever he wants or have more time. Whereas I'm in an office and then I'm also doing things on the side and I have set times where I'm just not home. Um, So knowing what you expect from each other off of the bat, because if you are someone who wants three children and your spouse wants none, you're not going to be compatible at the end of the day. So having those core fundamental values and core fundamental items that you must check off for each other, it's great. But even if you meet all the checkboxes, you're still going to have issues. Um, You may communicate in a certain way that comes across too bluntly for your partner and it hurts their feelings or vice versa. And you have to learn how to tailor your your speech and your actions, not to change who you are, but rather to improve for the person that you married, because nobody is perfect. But if you're too hard-headed to see your own flaws, you're not going to be able to have a compatible marriage, regardless of how perfect your partner is. Does that make sense? I I love that framework. I mean, it feels like you've taken it out of a a book and just like (laughs) expressed it so eloquently. Um, I absolutely, I think this is definitely going to form some great content for us because you've you've basically addressed the key issues which is first of all don't marry someone who you know like for example if they don't want kids and you do that's never going to work however much in love or compatible you are right it's 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 just you know disaster from the start and then i love the part about adapting adopting because sometimes we don't realize how we communicate i mean i'm sure i didn't a lot of the times you know, and I know women and men sometimes communicate differently as well. And you have to understand, you know, feelings, emotions, um, you know, h- how are you planning things? Like, there's a lot of learning, actually. And I was lucky. because you know, planning was things? Big... <laughs> I'm planning way more now. My planning was so basic. And since I got married, my wife loves to plan. And she has Excel sheets for, like, our holidays. And that's something foreign to me. Is that, like, a thing for you as well? No. <laughs> oh my god <laughs> okay good because um i mean that's something i learned i learned like i have to be more planned i have to be more organized um and luckily i had a bit of a head start because doing amelie um we were doing rooms on relationships so i was almost skilling myself before marriage learning about through doing this app styles what are love languages i didn't know before and if you asked me two years ago i'd be like is that a thing <laughs> what's a love language like i know yeah. urdu french english i don't know love languages so um, what you said is described it like, like I mean, I only became this like relationship guy because we did this app and I, I learned literally in a year. Um, so I, I love what you said. And um, I guess, yeah, maintaining it every day counts, right? You build like you yes. go to the gym. You have to maintain. I mean, your husband just got groceries. He packed it away. That's a small minor, like, you know, effort he's putting in right now. <laughs> Actually, I bought the groceries. He just got them for me from downstairs. Okay, even. <laughs> but close enough. You know, but okay, even good. even maintaining, right? We talk about, okay, you have to be able to improve. But I think people forget that improvement is constant, right? You're never, you never stop. Just because 
that doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you. It just means that you as a person are constantly growing and evolving and your relationship should be as well. And your partner should be as well. Because when you're stagnant, it becomes a little, I don't know, not boring. It's just, you should always be striving to be better, whether it's your relationship, your dean, whatever it is, your career. It's, it's very important that we focus on that. And maintaining a healthy relationship, it, it's... It's more than just, oh, my partner likes if I cook for them, so let me cook for them. It's also them taking an interest in you and what you like to do. And it's also the two of you spending quality time together. I think it's very easy to say, let's go out to a nice restaurant, but it's different for your partner to say, you know what, I know the house needs to be cleaned and let me do that for you because that that gives you freedom, that gives you free time. Or saying, I'm going to order food in for us tonight and here's you know here's a movie i've already picked it like take the reins and give each other time together you know we both have the ability to do that and though that those are ways to show that we're actually considering each other's wants and needs and desires over our own sometimes i think you should like consider relationship coaching because <laughs> um a lot of no. our psychology and co- you're doing really well maybe that's the next step on tiktok relationship advice because that is bang on. I mean, the psychologists we've had on have said exactly that. And it's funny because often sometimes we hear that um, after marriage, people get lazy. They don't even want to dress up as the same way they used to. When they're trying to be single and catch, get the catch, they're very different. They're making a big effort. But as soon as they find someone, they're like, oh, now it's, you know, it's easy. I'm coasting. <laughs> you can do that with jobs as well, I guess. But then that's when things go south, right? And that's what you've described as, you know, maintaining a healthy relationship. I'm going to pull back before, you know, we're coming to the end. You talked about role. Gender roles comes up a lot, right? Yeah. And then obviously Islam describes certain responsibilities between the husband and wife. And this in the modern day sometimes becomes a bit of a controversial topic, right? Now, obviously women work as well. Men work. Some say men, men are the sole provider, Islamically speaking. Um, where do you stand on that? What are your thoughts on that? Because I know I get a lot of questions and at times I'm like conflicted between, you know, the black and white of what Islam says or Islam is open to interpretation as well. So some of that can yeah. be, you know, perceived in different ways. But then obviously then you have hardcore feminists who have a certain view as well. And then you have the Andrew Tate followers who are a complete different breed. I still want to know, like, how, how do you place in your head? Because you said for everyone it's a little different, right? Yeah, everyone is a little bit different. Um, for me, wait, you're frozen. Can you hear me? And then there's feminists who have a certain view and there's Andrew Tate guys. How do you think about this? Because you said everyone's different. Every couple is different. They can come up with their own framework. Kind of want to know a bit more about how you think about this. So, yes, every couple is different. And every place that you live is different. And where you live does play. It does have an impact on how your relationship is and the role that is expected of you. Um, For example, I live in New York. I live in America. I live in one of the most expensive cities in America. So... Yeah, my lifestyle is going to be different than somebody who lives in rural America. 
Um, I work full time and I do social media on the side and I also have like part time things that I do and I contribute in my household and that's something that I'm comfortable with. Now, if we talk strictly Islam, yes, women aren't supposed to have to work and we're not supposed to have to provide. And, but the thing is, is for anyone using that as a a way to hold someone back, because I do see it get used in an abusive way sometimes mm -hmm. in relationships, there's also the fact that depending on what branch of Islam you follow, not just Shia or Sunni, but if you're Sunni, what have you follow women technically don't have to clean the home or cook or do any of the other things that you expect from them so i think that rather than just following black and white obviously allah knows best but rather than just following black and white you have to determine what works best for you your marriage your relationship if you're a woman who doesn't want to work then and your partner can afford for you not to work, then obviously, yes, I would hope that you're contributing more in other ways. But for us, you know, he has specific roles that he does. I don't take out the trash. You will not make me. I don't take <laughs> out boxes. I don't uh, pick up certain things from the store. You know, there are just, he pays for the majority of the groceries unless days like today where I just have something I want to make and I ordered it myself. And I have things that I pay for or that I do. I do most of the dishes and I do, you know, the cleaning and the this and the that. And I'm happy like that. Islam is not about being equal, equally yoked. Islam mm. is about equitable and being equitable and being equal are two completely different things that people don't seem to understand. It's not sexist to have a gender role. And I'm not a feminist, but I don't see a reason for me to need to be a feminist but because i i look at islam and i understand that the rights that i have are already there i'm i'm okay i'm good i don't need to continue to go further but that's just me personally i'm also a little more traditional so not everyone's gonna like my viewpoint <laughs> i mean i love the nuances of that the equitable equal that's a very distinct term and i think that's where people get mixed up um yeah because you can be equal in different ways and that's what equitable means for your responsibility but you're still putting in the same amount of effort and energy right just in, in different tasks and i kind of love the way how you've described it and yeah unfortunately in this day and age sometimes people get super um offended by certain things and they think it needs to be black and white absolutely equal right yeah. um i mean to the extent of where it's um you know if, if one person does one thing, they have to like do the same thing back because it's like, that's equality, right? And I think that, that that's maybe some of the, I guess, influences of Western society as well. Um, but I think that gets dangerous because I've seen a lot of people talking to men and women. When I see women sometimes speak like that and then I see men at the opposite end of the spectrum when they're like, you know, traditionally they have to cook clean when it's not their responsibility. Those two people coming together, which sometimes happens in our cultures because of, say, arranged marriages or, you know, through family, it's a massive clash, right? And yeah. even on these matchmaking apps, I've heard people say that, hey, so hey, but some of you, the women on your app are sometimes a bit too, um, you know, um, what's the word? Um, I think he, the guy who talk, spoke to me used the word right wing, I think. <laughs> Very specific. I don't actually know what he meant by that, but um, there's certain um types of like views because in our app we do ask um my, my co-founder loves politics so he asks about political views but he also asks about gender roles 
And one of the questions we have is how do you think about gender roles? Traditional, liberal, somewhere in the middle, something like that. So, um, I mean, we've thought through this quite a lot. And um, I, I think I sit where you sit, um, kind of that moderate view. Um, obviously, we have different roles, but we also can be adaptable because modern society, right? I mean, yeah. if you look at the cost of living even, right? You're in New York, <laughs> rent is super expensive. Okay, Because I'm in the UK and I'm thinking of moving to the States. And when I look at some of those <laughs> New York and San Francisco, it's it's not easy to swallow. <laughs> like it, yeah, it's super expensive, and um, there's no way one income could even like unless you, you know you, you we we sell Emily, <laughs> we exit or something crazy like that. As a normal professional, you, you don't you know it's pretty no. insane. Um, so definitely agree with that. So I mean, we're coming to the end. We've discussed kind of a range of really interesting things. So first of all, really appreciate you for coming on and. Um, you're even a better speaker on podcasts than I, I mean, I've seen you on TikTok, so you do more of these <laughs> and, and I want to see relationship advice, uh, coming soon as well. Um, but I want to know where can people follow you? I want people to know your handle. So please let us know. So I can direct the listeners. I'm at modest Lucy on Instagram and on TikTok and also on Twitter, but Twitter is a little unhinged. So I don't typically recommend people follow me there. That's just my event space. Um, and then I also have an entire group, um, which I'm doing in collaboration with another creator called at Muslima Soiree. Um, I have a big gala coming up that I am arranging oh, here in New York. It's yeah, April 29th. Okay, guys, attend that. It sounds awesome. So it's you yeah. and your, your friends? Women only. And I, know, so... I don't want men turning up from this. She's married, by the way, as well. I don't want like... No, no, no. Just, uh, men it's... sign up to Amelie, our app. We need subscribers. Yes. <laughs> men and women go to Amelie. And just women who feel like traveling to New York, we are doing a massive gala. And um, any funds not used for the gala go to Asia Women's Center, which is a domestic violence shelter for Muslim women here in New York, which is a very important cause to me. So, um, April... Yeah, April 29th, um, a week after Eid, inshallah. So hopefully I see some people there and maybe we can make a second episode of Relationship yeah, Advice. I think we should, 100%. I think I need a, a longer episode where we just hone into relationships. This was just an intro. Um, so I'm sure a lot of the people listening to this will, will love the advice and I'm going to try and clip it up as well. So guys, thanks for listening. Um, we had a brilliant guest today and I will catch you in the next show. Thanks. Bye. Okay, so we can cut the rest off. That was brilliant. Yeah, you're yeah. really good on camera. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate yeah. it. <laughs> That's a really, uh, yeah, I feel like Emily users would love this type of um, um, content as well. Um, you're getting me on like the worst day too because, you know, we're, um, 